Hello, hello. Welcome back to our second, our second episode of Gutted. So today um, on this episode, I want to chat about a few top topics in the world of psoriasis and research and gut microbiome. So topic one uh, that I wanted to discuss today was medical cures. Um, There's been quite a lot recently, well I read an article recently um, about someone talking about medical cures and um, just like how frustrated they are with them and I would completely agree with this. I think having had psoriasis for a long period of time, people are kind of bombarded with uh, this and that and the next thing and and kind of untested, I guess, suggestions of of things to do for their skin. And it can be quite frustrating and people can waste a lot of time and money on things. So so that's one angle of the conversation. Um, And also, I just wanted to add in, in this article, diet was mentioned, um, which I found particularly frustrating because I don't think diet should be touted as a medical cure and I don't think diet is a medical cure and it's not to say that diet lifestyle intervention don't impact psoriasis massively but I think we have to look at facts and I think it's really important um, to look at facts and that that's across everything so another term that you might be familiar with is spontaneous healing and it's an interesting term because it's used a lot with dermatologists when um, something happens that they can't explain Um, And I know many, many people who have cleared their psoriasis through diet and lifestyle intervention and have gone back to speak to their dermatologist have have been told, oh, excellent, well done. Yes, you've gone into spontaneous remission, essentially, which I think is probably quite frustrating for the patients to hear that. Um, It's certainly quite frustrating when it's touted um, by a lot of dermatologists because, again, like the medical cures, I believe in facts. Um, and I don't think there's much of a fact there when you say you've gone into spontaneous remission. I, I quite firmly believe that something has happened to cause the remission. Um, and if someone has quite purposefully made diet and lifestyle changes and has seen a result of that within their skin, as in their skin has cleared up or improved massively, I just feel like to say that that was spontaneous is is a bit ridiculous. Um, and it's almost like saying, oh yeah, I spontaneously became a doctor or dermatologist or I spontaneously completed my master's and when you've done something with purpose um, I don't think it's spontaneous. Equally I think there are things that help psoriasis massively. Um, Apple cider vinegar on the scalp for one um, Dead Sea uh, salt baths or Epsom salt baths again hugely massive I wouldn't call these medical cures and I think I'm very guilty of um, picking people up on this if they are saying things like that on social media I absolutely don't think these things are medical cures but equally I don't think it's fair to say that diet and lifestyle intervention is touted as a medical cure I think there's a reason 100% a reason we're, we're going to dive into that um, with the research but there's 100 
100% reason why diet and lifestyle does have an impact on skin. I don't think it should be touted as a medical cure and I don't think it should be clustered into that category. Um, So I find that quite frustrating and I'm sure other people out there who have used diet and lifestyle intervention to clear psoriasis after many years of kind of pharmaceutical or conventional medication would be equally frustrated by that. So that, that was just a couple of things that I wanted to kind of chat to you about today. So in terms of research, I just wanted to talk about some of the information that I've gathered. If we're just talking about this getting to source, you know, the reason the reason behind this lack of acknowledgement of diet and lifestyle intervention, um, whether that's patients who are going to see their dermatologist to show the difference that diet and lifestyles had or organisations sharing information and advice on diet and lifestyle. Um, I contacted the British Skin Foundation, who were founded in 1996. And according to their website, they have supported 400 research projects and awarded 16 million in funding across all skin diseases, which is, you know, magnificent, really great to hear. Um, So when I contacted them, I asked them how many of these research projects were about diet or nutrition, diet intervention. And they told me uh, one, one study, one out of the 400. Um, The study was titled The Effect of Nutritional Status on Clearance and Remission of Psoriasis Following Phototherapy. So... I mean, this started to ring kind of alarm bells for me um, that really there, there is just there is a lack of focus and interest in in these studies. And I think there are challenges there as well. I mean, looking at uh, kind of research models and structures and costing, um, you know, to do really robust research in this area could be massively expensive. Um, and it's just who who fits the bill for that, you know. But I think it's something that's really important for us all to be aware of, especially people who are kind of unsure about whether to try diet and lifestyle intervention for psoriasis. I think it's important to understand the reasoning behind why your expert or specialist that you're seeing aren't offering that as a as a suggestion or a solution. But what is exciting, really, really exciting, is that there are there are changes that are coming. Recently in the UK, the Psoriasis Association in the UK, I think it was last September, they did this kind of prioritising of research topics and um, areas because before that they they didn't have as far as I'm aware um, a systematic approach to the research so the topics of research there, there was no system or structure in place um, it was basically and and, I, and if this is wrong and someone is listening to this and this is incorrect please contact me because I would love to know more about this um, but my understanding is that the research topics used to come from um, researchers themselves, people who wanted to undertake research. This is in terms of the funding that the Psoriasis um, Association were involved in. It could be researchers would choose the topics or pharmaceutical companies. Um, so that that was the kind of two reasons for um, following up on research. So with the priority setting, a partnership, I think it's called, they decided on 10 um, priority areas for research, which is, is massively exciting because number one was all focus on kind of diet and lifestyle intervention which I just think is a massive opportunity. And I would love uh, to get someone on from the Psoriasis Association to talk a little bit about that and what, what that means for patients and what the direction would be 
for this kind of research? You know, what are they looking for? What are they looking to fund? And and what are they looking to discover? What answers are they trying to get? Because I think that could be massive for patients across across the, the world. So the other thing I wanted to chat to you about today um, on diet and lifestyle intervention is just, I don't know... I mean, if people follow me on Instagram and and um, and on Twitter, you'll know I share obviously a lot of research that I find and a lot of research that I've collated, certainly over the last five years, on diet and lifestyle intervention, on microbiome modulation, on gut bacteria um, in terms of psoriasis patients and things like that. And I, I just... I wanted to discuss it as a whole topic and I'm going to be chatting about this with loads of the guests that I've got coming on to the the podcast. But I just wanted to kind of set the scene in terms of where I'm coming from and my angle on things. So I am really, really keen for more research in the area of diet and lifestyle intervention for psoriasis. I'm really keen for more robust research, random controlled trials into kind of microbiome and gut bacteria modulation in psoriasis so that we can we can learn more and um, we can we can understand the condition better. And I think I'm right in saying um, that there isn't a lot, there hasn't been a lot to date, certainly not a lot of robust studies uh, that seems to keep coming up and if you speak to any dermatologist or GP potentially about this they they will say oh yeah there's not enough research into to diet for psoriasis diet I mean I know I have experienced it myself I know hundreds of thousands of other patients out there who share their stories on forums that I've been part of have have said this you know just categorically dermatologists don't believe diet impacts psoriasis um, and that's because of the books that they've read the the research that's been done and um, and the information that has been shared with them and they are now imparting so we really need to go back to source when, when we find out the reason for this the root reason for why there is little research in this area the root reason for why um, dermatologists believe this so passionately um, and, and I find it fascinating that they, they believe this so passionately and they impart this belief onto others given the fact that the etiology of psoriasis is still widely unknown. So if you've read my book 10 Powerful Steps to Clear Psoriasis um, you'll know that I talk about the World Health Organization Global Report on Psoriasis and in the report, um, it talks about how the etiology of psoriasis remains unclear, although there is evidence for genetic predisposition. And it talks about how the role of the immune system in psoriasis causation is a major topic of research. And although there is a suggestion that psoriasis could be autoimmune, um, no autoantigen that could be responsible has been defined. So I think these are all really important things to consider when we're talking about medical cures and when we're we're talking about spontaneous remission. I think there is a reason for all of these things. I think there's a reason for the miracle cure um, and why it, it seems like such a miracle. I think it's because of um, the impact on the body. And uh, similarly, I think the same about spontaneous remission. I don't just think you wake up one morning and your psoriasis disappears for no good reason. Uh, I believe uh, in cause and effect. So I absolutely believe that if, it, if your psoriasis has changed, there's a reason for it. You may, it may be something very purposeful like diet and lifestyle intervention that you're very much aware of. 
or it may be something that you're less aware of, like changes in circumstance or situation. So another thing I wanted to discuss today was basically the topic of of why there is such an open market for um, medical cures out there and why it's kind of open season um, for people with psoriasis because we have a lot of people, desperate people out there who are you know at their wit's end, have maybe been suffering for a long, long period of time and they are desperately searching for some relief. I think it's interesting to just explore why. Why is that the case? Um, And there was a really interesting study done by um, the American Association of Dermatologists. Um, It was talking about why patients frequently use complementary and alternative medicine for psoriasis. Um, And it's it's because they're really dissatisfied um, with the conventional approach. Um, it's not working for them. And I think that is something that needs to be addressed. You know, I think, um, you know, if we look at the nice guidelines that we follow in the UK, you know, first port of call is kind of topical treatments um, and people just end up in a kind of perpetual loop of remission, in and out of remission with topical treatments. And I feel like we're, we're starting at the end of a pathway, the disease pathway. The psoriasis on the skin is very much the symptom. It is the end of the disease pathway. And it, we're treating the end of the disease pathway rather than the beginning. So it, it's never going to have a kind of... Unless it, you've got a very mild condition, you're, you're probably never going to have... Um, you know, complete clearing, if you like, or or complete remission through that. I think the next phase of treatment is biologics and the kind of, you're, we're targeting with the bi- biological treatments, we're targeting the kind of autoimmune response. And I feel like that's the middle. That's the absolute middle of the disease pathway. So we're going from the kind of end of the disease pathway with the topicals to the middle of the disease pathway, which is the immune response, but we're still not targeting the root cause. And obviously by targeting the immune response, it's very dangerous to kind of shut down your immune system or suppress it. And, you know, some of these these conventional treatments are very dangerous to your internal organs. Um, you know, metotrexate, for example, is a chemotherapy drug. So I think it's, it's really important to be mindful of this. And from the research that I've read um, and the, the, the research that's evolving and coming out all the time, really the root cause is starting to show through. And I think with that really begs for a new approach to psoriasis treatment. But you know, because people are not happy with these treatments, they either feel like they're full of risk or they're caught in this eternal loop of in and out of remission. People are looking for alternatives, so it, it does become open season for these medical cures. So lastly today, I just wanted to chat about um, people, people's psoriasis and how it started. So I find this fascinating, absolutely fascinating since day one, since the day that I was diagnosed, I've been like, right, okay, interesting. You know, in my mid-twenties, I got copies of my entire medical records and went through them all. And so with every person I've met along the way, whether that be online or offline, so whether that's been through like forums or social media accounts or whether that's been, you know, when I went to the Dead Sea, I spent a lot of time with various different people who had psoriasis. I've always been fascinated 
fascinated about the stories and how their psoriasis originated. So that's that's a bit of an area of the podcast I'm going to be exploring and, and I'm going to talk to lots of different people about this. But the people that I talk to, the kind of crazy things that come up. So everything from like, um, you know, I met, I met a woman who had been in a really bad ski accident and ended up in a coma and woke up and had psoriasis. Um, someone who was in a motorbike accident. Many, many people who uh, put their psoriasis down to excess stress, which I, I feel is like a kind of loop situation where, you know, your your body can be under stress for various reasons and, you know, then you're mentally under stress, emotionally under stress because your body's not coping and, you know, your body and mind, they're all connected. Um, so I find that fascinating is it, it's like sometimes it can be emotional stress that can put a stress on the body and sometimes it can be physiological or physical stress that puts, a, you know, a strain or stress stress on the, on the emotions. So other things like family death, illness, infection, cuts, eh, alcohol abuse, external environments like moving to a new house, which can be stressful in itself. Um, but you know, it could be could be the new climate, the new environment. Um, tonsillitis is another big one um, and antibiotics, another medication. So I just I just find that fascinating and if you if you have any kind of insights or information um I would love to chat more with you about this topic of just kind of how how psoriasis gets started for people and you know some people are are born with the condition um some people obesity plays a part um, but I, I'm just I've I've always been looking for the kind of thread that kind of ties all these things together. And I think all the kind of recent research that's come out on the gut microbiome, and I talk a lot about this in my book, just the, the impact of stress on the body, on the digestive system, on the gut microbiome and things like that, I find fascinating. Also, you know, medication, broad spectrum antibiotics. That was that was my experience. I had tonsillitis and then I had three rounds of broad spectrum antibiotics, amoxicillin, um, before my psoriasis started on my elbows. So, yeah, it's just a really interesting topic and I'd love, I'd absolutely love to chat more to people about this in later episodes of the podcast. But I just wanted to kind of throw it out there and, um, and yeah, just get, get a bit of conversation going about it. And, you know, if you have psoriasis, I'd love to know how it started and, you know, what happened just before it started. Was it a stressful event? Um, was it to do with alcohol, drugs, medication, etc.? Um, I'd be fascinated. So hit me up at hello at feelforhealth.co.uk. And that is us. I feel like that was a quite a serious podcast today, but um lots of lots of really interesting things happening out in the world. And I, I love the fact that um, you know, there are so many patients out there able to connect and share share their stories. Um, and share their experience of diet and lifestyle intervention for psoriasis. I think that is really powerful. Um, I got involved in a conversation on social media this week and it was all around kind of facts and um, books and education and evidence-based and the importance of evidence-based. And But I, I really... And obviously, we've just talked about research and things. I really see the restrictions in evidence-based as much as I see the benefit of it. So I think it's really important, and I I would I welcome research, but I also see this gaping hole of research within psoriasis and diet and lifestyle intervention. And I wonder, you know, well, has that worked best for patients? Has it? You know, has evidence-based work is it working for patients um, and on the other side you you see okay you've got this real-time experience 
hundreds and thousands of patients able to share their experience, their images, you know, before and after shots of diet and lifestyle intervention in real time and what they've done. And I just think, you know, these are people living this experience. This is not from a textbook that was written, you know, 20 years ago or research that was done 40 years ago. So although I believe evidence-based is really important and I understand that viewpoint, I also think we're living in a new world. And if you are suffering day in and day out with a condition, you know, you are A, obsessed with it because you want to get rid of it, you know, but B, you you have knowledge to impart and, and all these patients are, they are just in a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I think it's really important that, you know, we keep sharing in real time and we keep each other in the loop because I, I don't think there's anything more powerful than people who have experienced a chronic condition long term and their, their experience. And I think too often it's dismissed their experience, their feeling, their what they've tried. And I don't think this is, you know, this is touted often as like pseudoscience. And I just think it's hilarious. Like, um, you know, when when I started researching in this area, you know, leaky gut was like the pseudoscience of the, the community. What a joke, you know, it's like, oh, this leaky gut. And I remember reading about it and, and get, getting such backlash. And I find it hilarious now where, you know, everyone's chatting about like, you know, gut permeability and like the importance of the mucus lining and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking, God, you know, this is this is from like, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, so I just think, well, that's evidence based, you know, that was evidence based. But but, you know, we weren't we weren't up to speed with it. So I just think everything has its place. But I don't think um, patient experience should be categorised as uh, pseudoscience or disregarded when when looking for answers. So that's it. That's us. Episode two done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, and please, please keep getting in touch and sharing things. I'm, I'm really excited about the lineup of um, really quite incredible people that I'm going to be speaking to over the next wee while um, on the podcast. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lonely podcast for one. So I'm looking forward to having some friends on um, and we're going to chat about their experience and um, yeah, look forward, look forward to it. So I will uh, talk to you in episode three. Thanks. Bye guys. 